much. Take your Bibles and turn with me this morning to John chapter 9. John chapter 9. This morning we're going to be talking about the subject of seeing. How's your eyesight? I say that as I'm wearing my glasses. I used to be able to see with 20-20 vision. Now, if it gets within three feet, I have to have help. I can't see very well the closer it gets. I have a grandson who, his eyesight is, is pretty rough. His, um, his glasses are pretty thick. We just took him to a, an eye appointment this last week to get fitted for new glasses. Imagine that with a three-year-old. Uh, some of you probably have been there before, but you know, it's, it's tough to get them to focus on getting new glasses. Now, my wife needs glasses, but she doesn't wear them. I just called her out too, Brother Rodney Glenn. But seeing is, a, is sometimes, and most of the time, it's something that we take for granted. I remember as a child, I can't remember exactly how old I was, eight, nine, maybe ten, or something like that. I had an accident to where I had... Uh, to have a wrap around my head and my, I had to have bandages over my eyes for a week. And I remember how miserable it was not being able to look around and see anybody or, or watch cartoons at that age because that was really important on Saturday mornings. But, you know, we take our vision for granted too many times. This morning I want to talk to you about being stubbornly blind, seeing but not seeing, looking, but not recognizing. You see, this morning in this passage of Scripture, all of chapter 9 of the Gospel of John deals with one episode in the life of Jesus as He heals a blind man and then the, the things that happened after that. These 41 verses, it's a little bit long to read to all, all of it to begin with, so we're going to take it a section at a time and look at it in-depthly. Stubbornly blind. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning as we begin. Our God and King, we bow before You because we know, Father, You have created all things, and today is a day that You have given us, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank You, Lord, for allowing us to gather together in worship. Being brothers and sisters in Christ, having a common uh, place to come and worship, where we can center our hearts and minds on You and give You everything today. As the, the song says, Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it. Seal it for Thy courts above. As we enter into Your presence this morning, my prayer is, Father, that we will be pleasing in Your sight that obedience will be the rule of the day, following you without fear, without question, knowing that you will provide in Jesus' name. Amen. Stubbornly blind. This episode of Jesus' life happened as they were walking, coming out of the temple, in verse 1 it says, Now as Jesus passed by, He saw a man who was blind from birth. And His disciples asked Him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? 
Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the man with the clay and said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. This first section, I've titled it, The Work of Heaven. The work of heaven. Jesus and his disciples were leaving the temple area and they passed by a blind man. So his disciples asked him, being the, the mindset of the day, that if, if you had something wrong with you or if something was going on in your life that wasn't good, then you had sinned against Almighty God and that was God's retribution on you. So they asked the question, Master, teacher, who sinned this man's parents or this man that caused him to be born blind? You see, they were just voicing what everybody thought at that time. That if something was wrong, then it was God's punishment on you for something that you had done. But Jesus corrected them, saying, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. Now what, what was meant, they were born sinful, of course. They were born with a sinful nature. But he was saying nothing that they did caused this to happen to this man that he was born blind. They didn't do anything to cause it. So, he goes forward and tells them the real reason for the man's blindness. Now this is a revelation. This is, this is a thought for us to consider. This man's blindness, Jesus said... The works of God should be revealed in him. That was the reason that he was blind. How long had he been blind? A long time. Since birth, he had never seen. And yet, Jesus says, all of that so that God would receive the glory. Now, thinking about that for just a moment, how... How different is our mindset today? Thinking that if something goes wrong with us for just a little bit, if there's hardship or anything out that's, that's we would consider out of the ordinary, we consider it a persecution or trouble. Or we blame God for what's going on in our life. This man had been blind since birth but it was for the glory of God. Have you ever looked at your situation, be it good or bad, and thought to yourself, maybe God wants to do something wonderful in this situation. Jesus walked by this man. And He told His disciples, this man didn't sin, his, his parents didn't sin to cause this. He says, God's going to receive the glory from this man's life, from his, his, what we would call a handicap today, his sightlessness. But Jesus didn't stop there. He went on and said, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. 
Jesus says, this is the reason that I've been sent. It's to show everyone that God, to show him his, their love, to show them his love, to make sure that they understand that God is forgiving, merciful, gracious, and that he wants every person to recognize who he is and worship him, glorify him. And Jesus says, as long as I'm in the world, He was sent here to be the light of the world. Now what does light do for us today? It helps us to see more clearly. It shows, it shines into the darkness to show us the way. It shines on whatever it is that we're focused on so that we can see the details of it. You see, sight, uh, uh, light shows the way. And that's what Jesus was doing here. Did the man ask to be healed? The Scripture doesn't record it. All it says is that the, the disciples saw him and asked Jesus about it, and Jesus went and healed the man. Listen to what happened. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made some clay with the saliva. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he was sent to receive sight. And the scripture says, now this is important, look at this. So he went, three words, really quickly, he went. Could he see? No, not at that point. All he knew was some guy spit on the ground, rubbed it on his eyes, and told him to go somewhere and wash. But his desire, his longing, was to be able to see. Now, this last Wednesday night, our young men who taught our Wednesday night class, was they were teaching about Naaman, who was a leper. And there was no healing for a leper. The leper would continuously get worse until one day they would, they would die from their leprosy. But he went to a prophet, and the prophet told him, this is what you do. You go down there to the river here, the Jordan River, and you dip in it seven times, and you'll be healed. Now the leper, Naaman, he says, that's too easy. Why would I do that when there's better rivers in Damascus where I came from? He went away mad. Because you see, in his mind, he thought the prophet was going to do something different. He says, surely he would have come out here and waved his hand and, and prayed a magic prayer and all of a sudden my sight would come back. You see, what he was thinking was different than what actually was supposed to happen. So he decided, I'm not going to do it. He traveled all that way to meet the prophet of God. And then what God, through the prophet, told him to do, he refused to do it. Thank the Lord for Naaman that there was somebody in his party who had some common sense. Because they told him, said, look, Master, if he'd have told you to do something really, really hard to get your sight back, wouldn't you have done that? If he had told you to climb a mountain or go get something from a faraway country and bring it back, you probably would have done it. How much more so, when he tells you to do something easy, shouldn't you do it? 
So Naaman went down to the river, dipped seven times in the water, and was healed. The scripture says his skin was like a baby's skin when he came out. Now think about it for a moment. If he had refused to be obedient, he would not have been healed. This blind man, as soon as Jesus put the mud on his eyes, told him to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. The scripture it, it is, is very clear. He went right away. He didn't say, look, I'm, I'm going to sit here and, and beg for a few more dollars before I do it. You know what? No, I'm not really sure that I want my sight. I think I'll wait till tomorrow and wait for somebody to come and, and thump me on the head or do some magic some, something or other to cause me to see. I'll, I'll just wait on somebody else. He didn't do that. Immediately, he was obedient to what Jesus said. And he received, the scripture says, he came back seeing. Imagine that. First time he had ever walked away from anything seeing. He had never seen anything before. But after he washed his eyes, the water, his hands, first thing he saw. And then he went back looking for Jesus. Looking for Jesus. Not being led to Jesus, not, being, not Jesus coming to him. He came back seeing and looking for the one who gave him his sight. The scripture says, so he went and washed and came back seeing. You know, that, that one sentence is, is relatively uneventful if you just read it out like that. But you think about everything that went into that one sentence. His obedience, his desire for seeing was to the point to where that he knew he had to be obedient and his obedience led him to be able to have sight because of the Master's power working in him. Then, that is the, the work of heaven. The next section, verses 8 through 34, I call that back among the blind. Back among the blind. Therefore, in verse 8, therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, is this not he who sat and begged? Some said, this is he. Others said, he is like him. He said, I am he. <laughs> he said, I'm the guy. I was blind. Therefore he said to them, uh, they said to him, how were your eyes open? He answered and said, a man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and I received my sight. Then they said to him, where is he? He says, I don't know. When I left, I couldn't see which direction he went. He said, but now I'm back to find him. That's, that's just my interpretation of it. Then, you see, first, his neighbors didn't believe it was him. I mean, honestly, who had ever heard of a blind man being born blind, being healed? It didn't happen without God's power. And then, they brought him who formerly was blind to the Pharisees. Now, when, and when you're talking about the blind of the blind, as we look back on it today, we have... We have the, the vision to look back and see, 
hindsight to see how wrong they were, how blind they were. Now it was that now it was a Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also asked him again how he had received his sight. He said to them, He put clay on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees says, This man is not from God, because he does not keep the Sabbath. Others says, How can a man who is a sinner do such things? And there was a division among them. You see, they, what they had gotten to, they, they says, look, we've got we've to stand against him. He had already told them who he was, what he came for. He had already told them everything about him, and they would not admit it. They would not believe. So what they decided was we're going to toe the party line. No matter what he does, no matter what's going on, we're going to stand against him because what he is doing is upsetting our apple cart. He's, he's doing away with everything that we think is right. As a matter of fact, he breaks the Sabbath. He didn't break the Sabbath. Jesus, had, Jesus said when he was talking to his disciples, look, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. He says, here's the point. He says, God wanted you to rest on the Sabbath. It was for you. God was not trying to choke you like you do with everybody else with all your regulations and your traditions on the Sabbath. The Sabbath, the, the traditions that Jesus broke wasn't from God. It was from man because they had regulated what you could do and couldn't do on the Sabbath to the point to where if you picked up anything, it was considered work. If you walked too far, it was considered work. You see, they had regulated it down to just the minute details so, they could, so that they could look at Jesus and say, He worked on the Sabbath, so He's not from God. But a blind man was healed and they wouldn't see that it was Jesus. They wouldn't see the Son of God and the power of the Almighty. They would not see God working in their midst because they couldn't control Him. Because they couldn't tell Him what to do or, or He wouldn't abide by their rules. And by the way, God doesn't abide by the way that you think or what you want or your rules. He is God. We are not. Now, the Pharisees were towing the party line. Look what they said in verse 24. So they again called the man who was blind and said to him, Give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. <laughs> now how did they know that? You see, they didn't, but they cast upon him the blame of all of break, breaking all of their rules. But Jesus never sinned in his life. From birth until the moment of his death, never sinned. Still sinless today, always following the will of the Father, and yet they said that he was a sinner. Isn't it always funny that Whenever someone is caught in their guilt, they cast the blame on somebody else. Not my fault. What's the old saying that we used to say? It takes one to know one. You know, when somebody starts tattling on us or saying something to us or saying we did something, well, you did it too. We always kind of throw it back on them because that's, that's kind of human nature. 
and the Pharisees were really doing the same thing here. Jesus had caught them and they knew it. But they had to find a way to discredit Him. So they said, He broke the Sabbath by spitting on the ground, making a little mud, putting it on a blind man's eyes and Him being healed. Now, <laughs> here's the great part. As I'm reading what the testimony goes, he's, the blind man, the man that now can see, he's sitting before the ruling council of the city. All the religious leaders, all of those who have come, and they had the power to, uh, to basically take his life or cast him out of the temple for sure. So this is what they did. Therefore, his parents said they had called his parents because they didn't believe that he was the blind man. So his parents came in and said, yeah, he's our son. We don't know how he got healed, but this is, this is our son. So they said, you ask him and see how it comes out. You, you ask him to see. All right? And then it says, so again they called the man who was blind and said to him, give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, whether or not he is a sinner... Or, or not, I do not know. One thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. Then they said to him again, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I told you already. And you did not listen. You see, not only were they blind and not seeing, they were hearing and not understanding. They were hearing and not listening. They heard it, but they would not understand it they would not take it in as the truth why do you, he said why do you want to hear it again do you also want to become his disciples you know what he did right there he just slapped them in the face pow because this is this is what happened he says i'm going to be his disciple because of what he has done for me he says but you don't believe who that he did this so you're trying to find something wrong with him. And he just, he went out and he says, okay. He says, I told you what happened. You didn't believe me. Don't you want to become one of his disciples? Knowing that their heart was set against Jesus. This guy was bold in his faith because he knew somebody had just done something for him that nobody else could do. So he was following the one with all the power, not with the one that could do anything to his body. You see, Jesus is worth our worship. As a matter of fact, He's the only one worthy of our worship. The, formerly, the one who was formerly blind was trying to get them to see. <laughs> the ones who could see, He was trying to teach them how to actually look and see. Now, then they reviled Him and said, You are His disciple, but we are Moses' disciple. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. The man answered and said to them, Why, this is a marvelous thing, that you do not know where he is from, yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. <laughs> he was preaching to the preachers. 
He was talking to the religious leaders, the one who were supposed to expound the Word of God to the people and give them the truth of the Word. But he was standing there telling them the truth was here and they missed it. I love his boldness. I love the way he stood up and declared Jesus' deity. He's the one I'm worshiping. I don't care about what y'all say. I'm going to follow him. That's what this guy was standing for. His eyes had been opened, not only physically, but spiritually. He could see that it was Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the ruler. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the one who can do whatever it is that He desires to do because this is His creation. We are His. So He said, if this man were not from God, He could do nothing. He just contradicted the whole religious council when they said he was a sinner. And he says, nope, he's from God. They answered and said to him, you were were completely born in sins, and are you teaching us? And they cast him out. You see, all all that they could do was run him off. (laughs) They couldn't change his heart because his heart had already been changed. His heart had already realized the truth, and he was following the truth. It didn't matter what they did to him at that point, he was still a follower of Jesus. And he was still looking for the one who opened his eyes. But they, being unwilling to see, were stubbornly blind. Jesus heard that he had cast him out. And when he had found him, when Jesus had found the man, he said to him, Do you believe in the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. Don't miss this. Jesus says, You are looking at the one who gave you sight. You are looking now, eyes that had just been blind, eyes that could not see, now you see and you are looking at your Creator, your Healer, the Son of God. He says, you're looking at Him. Imagine that with me for just a moment. I'm looking at you, you're looking at me, you see all the things around here, but listen, What if for just a moment Jesus were standing in front of you and you could see Him with your eyes? Not just imagine Him with your mind, but if He was physically here for just a moment and He would say to you, I am your Lord and Savior. How would you react to that? This guy standing there. And you know, He heard Jesus' voice. He had heard it before. I'm sure he recognized Jesus' voice. And not only that, but Jesus was telling him, I'm the one who did that for you. I am the Son of God. That was his confession before the man. I am the Son of God. You have both seen him and it is he who is talking with you. Then he says, Lord, I believe, emphatically. He's saying, yes, finally, I get to see the one who made me. And the one who made me to see. Yes, I believe. And he worshipped him. 
fell at his feet. Ever how it was that he worshipped. He came before the Lord Jesus Christ, recognized who he was, and worshipped him. Jesus asked him, do you believe? And then the guy says, well, I would if I knew who he was. And Jesus says, it's me. I'm the one. And then Jesus goes on and says, For judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may be made blind. Then some of the Pharisees who were with Him heard these words and said to Him, Are we blind also? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, we see, therefore, your sin remains. See, Jesus wasn't talking about physical sight. He was talking about spiritual sight. And He says, yes, you say that you can see spiritually your salvation, but you're blind. He says, if you were blind and I opened your eyes to the truth of salvation, then you'd be able to see. He said, but since you say that you see, and you have not received that salvation, you're blind, and you're going to die in your blindness. Jesus clearly said, He clearly said, for judgment I have come into this world. And then, at their profession... At them saying, are we blind? You're telling us that we don't know uh, anything about God's Word? You're telling us that we, we don't have salvation? And Jesus says, your sin remains. Why? Because they had not received God's answer for their sins. The blind man believed in Jesus and worshipped. The blind man who was made to see. Now the seeing men saw the same Jesus but refused to look on Him as the Savior. So spiritually they were blind. Now you're saying to yourself, Brother Jeff, that's a good story. That's a, a beautiful episode in the life of Jesus. He healed a man the man came to faith in Him. So what am I to take away from it? Well, here's where the rubber meets the road. You see, we've got a choice to make. Because, very clearly, Jesus has told us this morning through His Word who He is. He has said, He asked the man, Do you believe in the Son of God? The man says, Who is He? Jesus says, Me. So for us this morning, very clearly, Jesus has stated to us through His Word that He is the Son of God. Now He's asking, do you see Me as your Savior? Have you accepted Christ? Do you believe that He is the answer to all your problems, all of your sin problems, so that you can have everlasting life in His name? Do you see Him as the Savior? Do you see Him as the Son of God? Do you see Him standing at the right hand of the Father, even now making intercession for those who love Him? 
If not, judgment comes and your sin remains. But, if, if like the blind man who was made to see, you say, I believe, and you worship Him, you give your heart, your life to Him, you serve Him, you come before Him as the answer to your sin problem, ask for Him to take your sin away, and give yourself to Jesus, then your sins can be removed as far as the east is from the west. Are you willing to see Jesus? You see, we live in a world that will tell you that black is white, that up is down, that in is out. And they will tell you that Jesus is just one of the ways to heaven. Not so. That's not the truth. The truth is this. Jesus says, if you don't come in by me, you don't go in. Jesus says He's the way. The way. No man comes to the Father but by Him. So this morning, if you're not willing to see Jesus, then you're not willing to have everlasting life. You're not willing to have your sins forgiven. As a matter of fact, you have chosen to be blind. You have chosen not to see the truth. So this morning, I'm asking you, open your eyes. See Jesus. He is the Son of God. He is the forgiver of your sins. He is the giver of everlasting life. If you will open your eyes and see Him. Because He's standing right here. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for your obedience. You see, when He anointed the blind man's eyes and told him to go and wash, you know what He did? He got up and washed. He did so immediately, obediently. So Jesus is asking you today, if you see, you must obey. If you see and don't obey, you might as well be blind. Are you following Jesus? Are you saved by Him? Are you willing to look upon Him as the Savior of the world? Or are you going to go away blind? The choice is yours. Look upon the Savior. Father, You are so good to us. And we praise You and thank You for the opportunity to come before You and be saved. Each one sitting here this morning is able to see Jesus' words that He is the Son of God. And to reject Him is to admit blindness and to accept blindness as what we want. Lord, help it to not be so with anyone here. My prayer is that all will worship the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Father, during this invitation time, this time is Yours. I ask that You accomplish in it what You desire. Father, bring those to Yourself who need to see You 
as the Savior and Lord of their life. Father, whatever it is that your will requires, cause us to be obedient. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand for him of invitation.